And now we're looking at all that and saying, wait a minute, maybe there is another way. Hi, I'm Vicki Robin. In partnership with the Post Carbon Institute, I'm hosting short to the point conversations with diverse cultural scouts, asking each one the same question, what could possibly go right? The invitation is to see through these wise eyes what is opening up in the present moment as normal is upended and next is not at all clear. These conversations were recorded a few months into the pandemic and in the weeks following the murder of George Floyd. Let's see what today's guest says. Hi, and I am here today with Peter Buffett. And a little bio, Peter is the co-president of the Novo Foundation and co-chair of its board of directors. In partnership with his wife, Jennifer, he helps guide Novo's vision, strategic mission to build a more just and balanced world, and program development. Peter is a well-established musician, composer, and producer. Born in Omaha, Nebraska, Buffett began his career in San Francisco writing music for commercials and then producing albums. His Emmy award-winning album, titled Ojibwe, was released on his own label, Bison Head. Highlights of his film and television work include the fire dance scene in the Oscar-winning film Dances with Wolves and the entire score for 500 Nations, the eight-hour miniseries produced by Kevin Costner for CBS. Peter is the author of Life is What You Make It, which debuted at number four on the New York Times bestseller hardcover advice list and is a companion to his live concert and conversation performances. So yeah, welcome, Peter. And, Thank you uh, so much. Thanks yeah, so a little just, yeah, just a little tossing you the ball here. So society is walking a knife edge in 2020. No? Health, economy, justice are all in turmoil and the reshuffling of everything about our way of life is underway. When walls come down, opportunities arise. Some people are looting wealth on Wall Street, others are looting stores. Most are somewhere between confused, resigned, and adapting. Making sense of all of this can unfreeze energy. So we're asking cultural scouts like you to tell us what you actually see bubbling up. We wanna shine a light on the near now so people of goodwill can make sense of the chaos and act. So you have a unique perch. And so I'm asking you, what could possibly go right what could possibly go right? <laughs> uh, well, I'll start with with possibly, as you said in the the intro. You know, everything is is blown open here, and and the coronavirus really did that in a way like nothing else seemed to have been able to do before. Even though we've been this in this for a very long time in different ways, now it's exposed. Right, we're seeing it, and so I'm going to start with with a, a metaphor that I love, and that ties into the word corona, uh, which has its root in crown, right? And, and so I like to think of our species as, uh, you know, this young species, 200,000 years on the planet, kind of looking like we are, as being in the womb. Uh, and the birth canal has been these last 15,000 years. Since agriculture, we've been kind of moving in a more intense and quicker uh, and, and um, you know, really feeling squeezed. And I would say the last 150 years or so, you can really see that. Like everything seems like it's getting tighter and faster and, and more unpleasant. 
in a lot of ways, uh, but the crown, right? The corona, as, as our species is crowning, uh, that's where the possibility is. We may be in a rebirth moment. And, and I think what that, that means uh, pragmatically, like here and now and, and on the ground, um, as I live in a town, uh, uh, nearby a town of 23,000 people, Kingston, New York, uh, live on a farm. So I'm able to eat food from the land I live on, which has changed my life entirely. And what I'm seeing in small communities, not just here, but other places, uh, are people remembering really, again, it's a remember, we're like reconnecting to who we actually are as a species, how, who we've been for thousands and thousands of years actually, which is in right relation to the world that's around us. And uh, I have a friend, Wes Jackson, who says it best, uh, perfect phrase, we're a species out of context. We're a species out of context. And I think what people are recognizing as uh, the virus struck, um, we changed our relationship to certainly education, uh, our food system, uh, our neighbors, you know, everything is, is sort of up for grabs in this kind of beautiful way, even though, of course, it's, it's, it's painful. And by the way, when I go back to that analogy, birth is it, painful. I mean, it's not an easy process. You know, no one's going to say, oh, my God, that was, you know, the simplest thing ever. This is going to be complex and, and I do not want to uh, underestimate uh, the number of people that are certainly highly anxious and, and really hurting and questioning what their future will look like. And at the same time, like I said, I've, I've seen people come together, and I think we all have in different ways, like never before. It, it's so strange to be in in the most splintered time in terms of not believing the news, all this, you know, you're this identity, you're not that, and you're in and you're out and you're not radical enough or you're not this enough. And at the same time, in the real world, you know, block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood, we're seeing a level of mutual aid, a level of awareness around systemic racism. Uh, that's certainly come up since then, like never before, uh, you know, since the coronavirus came into to play. Um, we're really, uh, you know, the, the, the swamp has been drained. I mean, we talked about that that was going to happen somehow with some political process. But no, it, it came in this form and is showing us things that a lot of people have never seen. And, and that's as, as painful as it is. That's that's a wonderful outcome because we might just be able to do some things about that. And it does get back from my experience of being uh, person to person in relationship. The, 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 the level of immediacy around um, uh, food systems and making sure people didn't go hungry when their paychecks stopped. And now, of course, there's some support for that. A lot of people are left out, but there are, uh, again, these, these um, relationships being knitted together that, that were never there before. When, when we had a hurricane strike uh, in 2011, I'd never been through one, and it came up here, and I met all my neighbors because it was an emergency, and people came out, and, and I didn't realize that a kid up the street would, you know, take the tree that fell down and turn it into firewood, and, you know, I mean, it, there was just everybody came uh, to their senses, I guess, in a, in a way, and really were connected. And 
uh, I think there's an extraordinary opportunity in particular for how we educate our kids. And I think that is very exciting because we're seeing, uh, you know, nobody knows what school is going to look like. Kids have been home for months now. They're starting to think about, well, what was school for? What did I really learn there? And the parents were thinking the same. And I think they realized that it was uh, failing their children uh, by trying to not fail, by teaching to the test and all these things um, that are not really what life is about and what we need to bring uh, our children into. And uh, again, I mostly speak for the small community I'm a part of, but because of the foundation, I get to see it other places as well. And there is a um, just rising, and some of this is so obvious, there's this rising awareness around uh, so many of our systems, uh, the, the inequality that's built into so many, but also the, the general pervasiveness that this culture, as culture does, it wants to convince you there's no other way. I mean, that's how we keep these systems in place, by making it look like there's just no other way. And so you better just get that job and, and pass that test and you know all these things. And now we're looking at all that and saying, wait a minute, maybe there is another way. And maybe it does start, first of all, with me, with, with each one of us and how we look at our, our uh, again, the, the, the system that has impressed itself upon us since birth. And, and is that really us? Uh, and, and so a lot of the questioning I'm seeing both on a personal level with people as well as a cultural and systemic level is what's really us and what's not us? You know, what's been told we're supposed to be this way, we're supposed to act this way. If you don't do this, you're not going to get here or there. And and the pervasiveness of that now that so many of what we thought was necessary has gone away and school being a big one, right? And then of course the jobs we hold and, and all the rest of it. But if we can take this opportunity to create alternative ways to bring children into the world, we have the opportunity to change the consciousness of the structures we're inside of. And so I, to me, that's a, a key focal point is, is what is the opportunity around education in particular, but also around community engagement with itself, knowing your neighbor, recognizing that, uh, you know, it, it's kind of Gandhi's last man, which he said, man, last person idea in terms of if, if, if that person is lifted up, we're all lifted up and, mm -hmm. and recognizing that we really do uh, essentially need each other. I mean, the food system, if, if supply chains break down, you're going to start looking around and seeing where you can get the things you need. And you can find most of them right where you are, the things you really need. And um, yeah, so it, it's this wide open palette right now for the people that have the opportunity and the privilege, frankly, which I consider myself one of those people because we have resources that can help move into these new imaginative spaces. Um, you know, it's up to us uh, to listen closely to the people that don't have those opportunities and privileges and find out how we can work together to make a more equitable world. Um, which speaks to the last part of the question, which is, what could possibly go right? And, and of course you have to think about, well, 
whose version of right, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that is the question because we are in such a divided place right now in terms of, of right and, and essentially judgment and, and the, the qualities that go into that. And that's where I think the learning of history and understanding how we got here is critical. Um, I feel like you can't know where you're going unless you know where you came from. And, and this country in particular has done a very good job of uh, telling a, a particular version of history and its history that needs to be and is being, thank goodness, uh, deeply examined uh, and to not hold on to a story and a mythology that isn't serving uh, the very people it was supposedly meant to serve. And um, so I think part of it is, um, I have a saying uh, <laughs> that grace favors surrender. Grace favors surrender. So the idea that if we surrender and we're vulnerable and we're real, which by the way, men have a very hard time doing, <laughs> and, and this is up to men more than anything else, is to say, I have to admit that I'm dependent. I'm dependent on the earth. I'm dependent on other people. I am vulnerable. Uh, I can apologize. I can say I'm sorry for what was done. I don't have to take that on as my fault or something, but, but in fact, we benefited so much from the systems. So, um, so the idea of rightness needs to be examined uh, deeply, I think, and, and, and basically look at who's been calling the shots for entirely too long. It's so funny, you know, um, <laughs> bringing in, you know, to use a short word for it, the patriarchy actually brought me to tears. Um, mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the Me Too movement came up and then it's, you know, there's just more and more eruptions of what's wrong that are sort of coming over the hills at us. Yeah. Um, but to link that the colonialism and the patriarchy and the racism and to link all of this to to some ideas that seemed like a good idea at the time right. <laughs> you know, exactly um and i have just i'm interested that because you and i both live in semi-rural communities um i live on a whidbey island in washington and seem to have a focus on relocalization mm -hmm. and and i'm interested in in this, you know, the crisis enforces the vulnerability that enforces the need that enforces the connection to go forward. And uh, do you see that on the increase? How do you see that specifically in your community? Well, you know, it really, I mean, we're fortunate in this community, and it sounds like probably in yours too, that we have like-minded government. So we have people in positions of power, generally speaking, are willing to look at their power and their position and the system that allowed them to be in that place and what it's doing to the community it's supposed to serve and often does, but then also does it within the framework uh, of, of, you know, structures that that essentially put the onus on, on poor people to sign up for things and, and um, you know, be called out in terms of uh, evictions or whatever it might be, where the, at the same time, the ownership and the, the control of these things is sort of hidden away. Who owns the properties that are pushing people out? 
who controls the food system that is not allowing it to get where it needs to go? Why is it that our, um, our school district uh, is, is so counted on for the only two meals a kid might get in a day? And what happened there? So those things are specifically with the schools and the evictions and other, those things are being laid bare and uh, it gets back to, uh, and I want to make sure I'm answering your question, but, but it, it, it gets back to a, a shared responsibility, which we're, again, very fortunate to have uh, local government here understand that shared responsibility. And then um, a, a, a true relationship where you can listen and hear and not recognize that, that the people have, that have been most oppressed by the system, first of all, recognize that's true, as opposed to just think, oh, well, you didn't try hard enough, you know, you didn't, whatever, you know, that it's somehow their fault. And I think that's what's starting to flip in a big way. And that's, that's my, my, my hope really rests in that awareness and kind of illumination because of what's, what's happening right now is there's a, there's a real sense that it is systemic and it is, you know, white supremacy, male domination, these things that have run the systems for so long. Uh, luckily, again, the people in power are, uh, and, and the people with privilege, some places are really starting to listen and understand and allow themselves to say, wow, I didn't see that. I, I'm wrong about how I thought either you know, your behavior was affecting the outcome versus what the system was doing to you or, or not for you in, in a way. And um, so, I, I just, and, and what happens is, as you start to allow for that, for the vulnerability and the realism in terms of what we're all living inside of, you do start to get to the personal. You do start to understand that, wow, this is trauma on a personal and and writ large level. And um, we're I feel we're a traumatized culture right now, just at war with itself because we're not actually addressing what's happening inside. And I've seen so many activists, so many passionate, driven, hardworking activists that are actually trying to fix out there what they haven't looked at inside. And that's why there's so much burnout and frustration and anger. Um, there's, you know, much understood anger, but there's also this other burning part that says, I, I don't feel whole. I've been pushed down in some way, and therefore I'm going to put it out here before I've addressed how I can, you know, take care of myself and understand where the trauma comes from. And, and that's, those are the conversations that are opening up even here in a small town, is they're starting to look at what's driving the behavior, both from the power structures and from the oppressed side, and how can we um, see each other as flawed human beings, all of us that have come from backgrounds that, that have ancestral trauma connected to it, uh, and start to heal that. And that is a, a beautiful, but slow and, and sometimes painful process. Right, it's the birth canal. It's the birth canal, <laughs> it is. And, and if we don't 
see how birth trauma itself, you know, I mean, here we were in the womb, all of us, you know, everything was great. It's uh, the nutrients and the temperature and we're just sloshing around and, and then suddenly we're burst into this world. I, I know that if we could speak at that moment, we say, who the hell's responsible for this? <laughs> we're great. And from that moment or soon after, we are essentially trying to ascertain how we get fed and taken care of. So we're born into someone else's story and we're acting because we need to get what we need. And so who we are truly as humans is a lifelong quest potentially because we've been, we were born into a story we didn't ask for and then we had to figure it out and, and how to maneuver in that. And, 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 and so here we are as a country who that was also born in trauma and genocide and all these really egregious acts saying, wait, who are we really? And, and why is it that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution don't line up? Here we're saying all men are created equal, but then in the Constitution we're saying, no, they're not. And this is a faulty foundation and we shouldn't be afraid of looking at that and reimagining what the country could be. Right, and you, you point to that the, even though they don't seem to be suffering, the power holders are also, I think power holders are, are sort of aware that there's something off about the fact that they're sitting on a big pile and other people are sitting on a little pile. But you know, you'll deal off the top of your pile, but you won't deal the pile. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so, a big challenge as I see it, you know, and we both have worked in the field of money and philanthropy. A big challenge is, is this breaking apart one of the core stories of this continent, which mm -hmm. is life, liberty, and property. <laughs> that yeah. property people and that the property, I don't mean to go off on a rant, but you know, it's like the doctrine of discovery and I plant my stake and this is mine, 40 acres and a mule. And, and that's a big unquestioned story. So as you say, the swamp is draining and, mm -hmm. and, and as it drains, we see all that has been in the discarded muck. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you drain the pond and you see, you know, the, the rusty cars, you see, you know, yep. <laughs> the yep. mysterious yep. person who disappeared, you see yep. what you have buried. Yep. And yep. Exactly. it's an opportunity, but it is not easy. So if, if um, you know, as we, as we crown in this birth canal, you could just sort of say the Say a few things to people who are, are having the experience of excitement mm -hmm. that there's other possibilities, we don't know what they are, and also terror of the, their worlds falling apart. Just like it was this little bonbon sentence yeah. uh, <laughs> to finish up here. Yeah, well, and I think your comment about the, the, the wealthy and those in power uh, need to look at their own trauma and vulnerability is really important. And I just want to lift that up, that, that they, you know, our leaders need a big hug and to talk about what their, you know, their childhood experiences were. But, you know, I, I think that the excitement lies certainly in the possibility, which is in the opening statement, and 
And what I think needs to happen is, you know, we are, uh, we are built for a relationship. I mean, we should be in relationship. There's a, a, another quote I love, the abstract without the particular allows the demonic. And we are living in a world of abstractions. We are living in, whether it's job numbers or homelessness numbers or, you know, GDP or all, these are not, none of us can really relate to those numbers. Those are abstractions. It's allowed us to get here. Now we have a chance to pay attention to the particular, where our food comes from, how our kids are raised, how we make sure our neighbor's okay, how we, you know, whatever it might be, the particular is the thing. And we have a tendency to want to scale up and make everything bigger. And do it. But no, this is the time to know your neighbor, to know yourself, <laughs> to understand what is driving your behavior really? Where does it come from and what really matters? And that's exciting, but it, it's, it's so easy again to go, well, let's, let's do it big, let's tell everybody, let's make it, no, it's block by block, person by person, and, and that is how we're gonna create a different world is by being in relationship. And that will do both things. For the terrified person, it, they will feel connected. They will see someone that sees them. And that will make all the difference in the world. And for the, the excited person, it will just bring joy, I promise, <laughs> to, to reconnect to humanity, what's real and not the abstractions, even with all the conveniences and all the things we think we need, you know, we, we don't. And um, so, it to me it all boils down to connection and reconnection because the story of the last century plus has been disconnection and and the only way back uh is is to to shift that is to be in relation again and and know your neighbor and everybody has one everybody's got <laughs> even one even if even if it's just a skunk you know it's that's like, right exactly even yeah. if it's not a human to yeah. understand to be in right relation to see these squirrels running around think you know and just in the recognition that they know they're squirrels they don't have all these outward you know expectations and what they should be or not be and we can learn a lot from nature oh everything frankly from the natural yeah. it's all there well thank you so 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 much i'm I'm really inspired. 